0: space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Well, we're back again. Your auto team help you avoid being ripped off by your local car dealer. Uh, we're broadcasting out of South Florida, but uh, we're all over the place. We're getting uh, to the Mystery Shopping Report in Georgia, uh, you'll hear at the end of this show. And uh, we reach all over Oregon, uh, California, Canada, Virginia, uh, occasionally across the pond overseas. And uh, we're streaming, too. We're not just a radio show anymore. Twenty years ago, we were when Nancy Stewart and I founded this show with a little radio station called Seaview. Which uh, subsequently was sold, and we now have Vic Canelli, a group which has uh, been wonderful to us, allow us to express our opinions to you, uh, the car buyers of the world, and uh, he's avoided lawsuits. I, he has a disclaimer on the uh, on the at the beginning of the show, and uh, he uh, says uh, he. Takes no responsibility for what we had to say, but we've never been sued. Why? Because we we speak candidly, but uh, the truth is perfect—a perfect defense against libel or slander. And we talk about car dealers. We name names. We name dealerships. Mystery shopping report is probably the most—I uh, guess you could say—dangerous thing if uh, I'm wor- if I was worried about liability, because if a dealer is stealing, we say you're stealing. If a dealer Being honest, uh, we tell them they're honest, but we also say when they've been dishonest, we talk about the sales managers. We name that name. If we have it, we usually do, and the names of the salespeople. The only secret name is, of course, our mystery shopper, uh, otherwise known as Agent Lightning, and we don't do that for liability purposes. We do that to protect her identity so that she can go to different dealerships without being spotted, and usually that works. Occasionally, uh, our mystery shopper does get spotted. This uh Agent Lightning is our current uh mystery shopper and she's been with us for I guess a, almost a couple of years now, but we've had other mystery shoppers over the years. Um that's a, that's an informative and entertaining part of the show, but the best part of the show is you. I'm not saying that to flatter you as you listen. I'm saying that because the callers to the show. And I use the callers in the broad sense because we also have the texters. We also have the anonymous feedback that goes through the website anonymously. Uh, we have YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. We have facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. And uh, you can all go, also go to www.streamerlongcars.com, www.stream Earl on Cars.com. And we are right here in the studio. Nancy Stewart to my left, me, and we've got Rick Kearney. We've got uh, Stu Stewart. He's uh, He had some back issues. He, he had those taken care of. And this week, he's in uh, Philadelphia visiting our granddaughter in college. And uh, hopefully, he'll be back next week. But uh, you, as I say, uh, call the show not just with your contributions, but... With your crit- uh, criticism, uh, constructive criticism would be preferred, but anytime, any type of criticism uh, will be accepted. We want to hear what you think about us and what we can do to improve, um, and, uh, but your contributions in terms of what's going on in your community are very helpful, and your experiences uh, when you've had your car in for service, maybe in for body repair, maybe you've got some issues with an insurance company. Uh, mechanical repairs electronic repairs computer repairs we're all driving rolling computers now they're not really mechanical devices anymore they're they're more, they're more very far more sophisticated and they're better and the uh, product is getting better and better and better we'll talk today about the uh, JD power survey and they took the two thousand and twenty cars and three years later they reported back on the number of issues per 100 cars on the road for each make car, and that's interesting. I mean, there's a there's some big changes. Uh, for example, Kia made a a quantum leap forward in quality. I remember when Kia first came to this country from uh, Korea, it was just kind of a piece of junk, kind of like the Yugo. Remember when the Yugo came from Italy or Russia, depending on where it was manufactured? It was just, a, of course, the Yugo still is a piece of junk, but the Kia uh, has really come up in quality. I mean, it's right up there competitively with some of the best makes so that's kind of interesting and I a lot of people consider this show a negative comment on the auto industry it isn't really negative it's just real and if you listen carefully a lot of good things are happening and uh, we are at a watershed moment in auto history and I I think I can say that because I've been in the business since 1968 and you know, I've seen a whole lot of change. The auto franchise system has been around for about a 100 years. And we're seeing that change as we speak. It's changing. The you know, auto manufacturers are talking about selling directly to you, like Elon Musk and Tesla do. And uh, the dealers are a little bit upset about that, obviously, because their, their investments, their businesses, uh, their employees themselves, their, their livelihoods are at stake. Suddenly, what would happen if Honda decided to eliminate their dealer network and sell directly to you like Tesla does? Well, think about all those Honda dealers. Something to be said in their defense because uh, they've got a lot of money invested in what they do. Um, Let me give some numbers out. As I said earlier, you make the show. The telephone number is 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. You'll hear that number a lot, and we'll all remember, remind you about that number. It'll probably bore the heck out of some of you folks that listen to a a greater portion of the show. But remember, people tune in for 15 minutes, then they tune out. That's the average statistic I've heard. Uh, We're a two-hour show. We're on from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time today. People are listening all over. So... I'm going to give the number out a lot. Uh, Please forgive me if you're listening for a long time, but it's 877-960-9960. Now, Nancy Stewart to my left she has got her laptop open. She's looking at the screen. We have Jeremy in the control room here. Jeremy will notify her when that phone rings. He'll get your contact information, and he will let Nancy know that you're waiting to speak. If I'm yakking or Rick Kearney's yakking or whoever's yakking, we'll stop because we prioritize phone calls. We like the phone calls. Personality comes through. It's it's just warmer and fuzzier. I think it works really well to make the show more interesting. So please call 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. And we will answer that phone ASAP. If you don't want to use a phone and you want to text, I'm a texter. I prefer text phones personally. The text number is 772-497-6530. That text number is 772-497-6530. Now, Rick Kearney is also monitoring those as he monitors Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Erlang Cars. And, of course, uh, YouTube. That's our biggest source. I don't know why, but it is YouTube. YouTube YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Earl on Cars. YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. So there we go. I'm going to introduce Nancy Stewart now. Most of you know her. New listeners don't. She co-founded the show with me 20 years ago. She is a strong female advocate. And I mean that in the most positive sense. She has built this show from no female listeners or callers. Well, we probably had the listeners. They just weren't calling. Remember, half the world is, <laughs> is female. And half the people that buy cars and drive cars are female. What does that, why wouldn't anybody be calling the show that was female? Well, she changed that. Now we have pretty close to 50-50 female callers and we're still encouraging you ladies out there to call the show if you haven't called the show before listen to this offer that nancy's going to tell you about it sounds too good to be true it sounds like there's strings attached uh, but it's not it's true nancy
1: good morning everyone and welcome you are an important part of the show very important Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. Ladies, uh, not everyone knows that uh, women represent a huge opportunity for the auto industry, Uh, but we know it. This morning, for the first two new female callers, I have $50 for each of you. Take advantage of that and give us a call at 877-960-9960. And uh, as Earl said earlier, we, we have some good news. We have, uh, things are changing. Uh, the the uh, inventory shortage is, uh, it's not as quite as stressful, uh, still a bit stressful. Uh, but as I said, things are moving in a positive direction. And uh, use cars, uh, the new car prices have fallen. Uh, I believe it's 25 uh, percent, and still, uh, you know, have a lot uh, further t- uh, to uh, to fall. Uh, I have a website for you this morning that I'd like you to take advantage of if uh, you run into any problems in purchasing a vehicle, leasing a vehicle, anything at all that has to do with you, the car buyer. That's www. Florida Law protecting car buyers.com. Jot it down. you'll need it. www.floridalawprotectingcarbuyers.com Florida law protecting car Again give us a call 960 779609960 or you can text us at 7724976530 6530 and don't forget. YourAnonymousFeedback.com We are going to go straight to the phones We we are going to talk to Jeannie Who is a first-time caller from Hope Sound Good morning, Jeannie
2: Good morning, such a pleasure Um, The website, thank you, I love that Oh, thank you You
1: can, uh, Jeannie, stay on the line when we're finished And you can talk to Jeremy Give me your contact information Uh and I can send you okay. a check for fifty dollars.
2: Well, thank you.
1: Welcome. What can we do for you this morning?
2: Well, um, I'm not. I'm, I've been told that my car needs synthetic and mix a mix oil. So I want to do full synthetic. But then I'm told that the mix is a better run on my car. So, as a consumer, I want to make the right choice and know an answer from a professional.
1: Exactly. And uh, Rick can definitely help you make that uh, choice.
3: Rick? Why? What car do you drive? A
2: 2019 mm. Kia Forte.
3: And do you know what the oil cap says on top of the engine? Usually, right Oh, on-
2: God, I... I- I don't, I don't think don't. she does, Rick. I don't. I don't
3: I'm think people. Are. By what
2: the, the dealership tells me. Yeah. Um, and I'm not too happy with the dealership. I call them dealerships now.
3: <laughs> yeah, that sounds unfortunately, real there's a lot of bad ones out there. Uh, the best way is either checking your owner's manual, or okay. if you open the hood and just look for the oil cap, it will usually say on there a number. probably something along the lines of like 0W20 and if it says that, then that is a synthetic oil and that's the weight that Kia the factory recommends for that engine and that's the oil that I would tell them, use this oil I don't want anything else I don't want to hear about your fancy razzmatazz, I want what the factory says should be in this car and in your glove box, you also should have received a maintenance guide that will tell you what the factory recommends for maintenance is and at what mileage intervals and time intervals. And if you follow that maintenance guide, you'll get the best service out of your car.
2: Perfect. I I will look in my manual. I never even thought about that.
0: Thank you. You know, Jeannie, I was just going to say, I think we think in terms, I I have a negative opinion about owner's manuals. Uh, You know, we're in the digital age now, and uh, I think the owner's manuals of automobiles uh, are one of the last things that are going to be brought up to date. Uh, We should have a digital access uh, like we do everything else. Uh, where do I go when I have a question? I don't call Rick. I don't call Nancy. I don't call anybody. I Google it, and uh, Google. Right. We do a lot uh, of
1: Googling, uh, Jeannie. So all
0: you have to do. I shouldn't tell you this because you wouldn't even have to listen to the show if you. But you just Google your your Kia and just say Kia and and the model number and what oil do I use, and bam, bam, bam. It'll tell you, instead of walking out the car and popping the hood and looking at the the cap on the oil, which is what Rick just told you to do, and then you don't have to call a dealership either and and get put on hold and transferred three times, then disconnected. You just take out your smartphone, bam, Google, bam, you got the answer
2: i like that
1: thank you That's and, funny. and jeannie uh to what earl said about the um owner's manual i love the quick reference owner's manual you know you can just leaf through there with a quickness uh, but uh, this morning maybe rick thought he was talking to nancy when well, he the, said pop the hood because wow. i pop the hood all the time <laughs> there's there's also the owner's
3: manual and the maintenance guides those are available online too so you could google yeah. those yeah pull them up and find it in a couple seconds
1: everything is on uh, the internet and yep. google is a great resource for you to get all kinds of information jeannie do you have any other Her- questions
2: no i i don't at the time but i did enjoy this conversation
1: Oh, thank you so much. That makes us very happy. And I'm sure all of the listeners enjoyed your conversation, too. And uh, I do have to thank you for helping me build a platform right here for the ladies. Um, uh, as, as, I, as I said earlier, uh, and a lot of people do not know this, women represent a huge opportunity for the auto industry. And for them to ignore it, is a financial disaster. Thank you, Jeannie. That's
2: true. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. S- spread
1: the word. Look forward to hearing from you I again.
2: Will. I certainly will call back. Thank, Thank you. Thank
1: you. Okay, that number again is 877 960 9960. You can text us at 772 497 6530. And also, your anonymous feedback, you can take advantage of that. And uh, also, um, I gave you a website earlier, and uh, recently there's been a big request for that website. And uh, it is uh, to help you to know if the Florida car dealer is breaking the law, which is going on a whole lot. And that is www.floridalawprotecting.com. Carbuyers.com. Take advantage of that. Jot it down. It's uh, it's important information. Now back to the recovering car dealer.
0: I just Googled uh, what type of oil you're supposed to use in a Kia and popped up just 5W20 synthetic oil. The best Kia um, for a 2019 Kia is the uh, S. 5W20 synthetic oil. So uh, again, I I say that you know kind of half tongue in cheek, but uh, really the one of the problems that we have uh, in the with the cars we own is we don't take advantage of the simple, accurate, straightforward way to go And the search engines today. Um, and if you're if you're you know. Uh, Over 50 or over 60 years old, maybe you're not quite as digitally competent, but I bet you have a son or daughter or a grandson or granddaughter that is, and they can show you or they can do it for you. But uh, it's amazing. Now, uh, the search engines are now going into artificial intelligence, and uh, Microsoft is coming up challenging Google. And there's uh, there's a lot of thought that Microsoft, with their artificial intelligence, it's still in the beta program now, will exceed google in terms of uh, a search engine and uh, but uh, Google's also using the artificial intelligence now where you can just go online with google and just verbally say hey i'm driving a 2019 kia what kind of oil should i use mm-hmm. and they'll talk back to you yeah. and it'll be a you'll have a, almost like a human a conversation And like you could call
1: Earl
0: on cars, except they're a lot smarter than we are.
1: (laughs) I'll tell you, the uh, information, uh, the world's at our fingertips, without a doubt, uh, if you have a computer. Or if you don't, you can always go to the library. Uh, But there's so much information that you can obtain, and um, Google is just amazing. Uh, Moving along here, did you know that Tesla is to open some EVs? Uh, It's going to open these uh, chargers to non-Tesla EVs. I'll tell you what. Good marketing move, is it not? And uh, as Earl said, those are superchargers. Okay, uh, we are going to go to Rick, if you have anything for me or for the audience.
3: We can start right off with Anne-Marie's text, as we always usually do.
1: Good morning, Uh, Anne-Marie.
3: She says, good morning. Many of us have kept our cars longer than we usually do because of the lack of new and used cars. Keeping a car longer makes it more likely that we'll have a warning light come on at some point. Some lights are just reminders to get us to do something, like the service required. Others indicate an immediate need to take action. Call a tow truck. Could you please go through the warning lights and indicators? Which ones are just warnings and which ones indicate imminent danger? Thanks. Well, there's actually... A very simple way to judge this, you'll see the lights on the dash have one of three colors, except for the high beam indicator, which is usually blue. You'll see green indicator lights. Those are safe. That's like your headlights are on, uh, maybe cruise control is on. Don't even worry about those. Those are just informing you that a particular system is turned on. Yellow lights are warning. This is something that you should look at when you get a moment, uh, maybe it's your tire light running a little low on air pressure. It could be just temperature causing that. Or maybe one of the tire sensors is starting, the battery's getting old, so that yellow light will come on. Yellow is just like the yellow on a traffic light. Caution. Red means danger. Shut the engine off. Find out what's going on, because red is, you've got a problem that could cause Damage to your vehicle Rick, didn't we cost that, you a lot of money. Didn't
0: we have that same text last week?
3: Very similar. Yeah, but it actually was a question. I think about the flashing check engine light. Oh, yeah,
1: we get a lot of calls on that and and a lot of texts. So, uh, so uh, on the uh,
0: on the check engine light, uh, when the flashing, you need to uh, you need to stop and and get it taken care of immediately. Yes. And then with the other warning lights, the color code to tell you yellow. Red, or what was the other one? Green. Green, yeah.
3: Absolutely. Very good.
1: And also with that warning light, I didn't hear you say, um, so confirm if this is an accurate statement on my part, uh, but the gas uh, lid that could possibly be open, that would uh, activate that yellow.
3: A very real possibility. Yep. Okay. Get the little list back up here. Uh, Let's see, this one is from Bob. He says, good morning. This past week, I've been looking at different new cars on AutoTrader. There seems that a lot of dealers are lowering their prices below MSRP. Even if they add some extras, they appear to be being sold very close to the manufacturer's MSRP. I checked some of the MSRPs off on manufacturer's websites. There are some over, but this puts a lot on even par for pricing. Have a great day, Bob. Yeah, the uh,
0: the prices are coming down, and and but the the the, the warning that we have been issuing on the show for the whole time we've been on the show is buyer beware. Uh, the general level is coming down. Uh, MSRP used to be the the most a dealer would charge, uh, and now it's become a good price <laughs> with the with the microchip shortage, which is over, and with the manufacturing restrictions, which are over. We're building the inventories, and the prices are coming down. So it's all relative. Uh, you have two things to worry about: the actual price you play and the relative price compared w- w- where you might have bought it better. So. <coughs> Uh, it's still complicated. you're still going to be paying more than normal, but the the new car prices are coming down. but it's, by the same token, the costs are going up for the manufacturers, and in that sense, uh, their costs are rising. so uh, it's complicated uh, it, it It boils down to one simple thing: competition is your best friend, no matter whether p- cars are being sold for five thousand over sticker or sticker. Or five thousand below sticker, it'll be a long time before we get there. But if we ever do, your mission as a educated consumer is to go out and shop and compare. Competition is the more car dealers you have in your market of the make car you want to buy, the easier it is for you. Uh, If you're in a metro area, uh, you probably have five, six, seven maybe uh, uh, Toyota dealers or Honda dealers or Chevrolet dealers, and be sure you shop each of them within any kind of a reasonable driving distance. There's really no excuse anymore not to do that because you can shop online. And I also recommend you do that. Um, Don't think in terms of MSRP. That's a moving target. Uh, It used to be MSRP, how much over MSRP do I have to pay? And it'll come down to MSRP. Then it'll be, how much under MSRP do I have to pay? But that, that number has to be determined. Um, the best way to get the lowest price, and I I feel bad about the people that don't have a Costco uh, car warehouse in your market, but if you're anywhere near a Costco warehouse, uh, the Costco auto buying program is the best I know of. And the reason for that is, Costco contracts with the dealers, and um, a, a good percentage, a very high percentage of the car dealers are on the Costco auto buying program. The contract they have with Costco says, I will sell no car in my inventory at a higher price. I will sell at a lower price than I do to anybody else if you're a Costco member. Now, it costs you 65 bucks a, a year, I think, to join Costco. So, if you're not a Costco member, join. I mean, $65 is chump change compared to what you can save in buying a new car or a used car. They have a used car program also. So uh, no matter, it's a moving target. The prices are coming down, and rather than you try to determine exactly how far the prices get come down, because that's an average. You know what they say about an average, the guy who drowned crossing a river, uh because uh, it had an average height of five feet you know it's averages have highs and lows so if you don't get uh, a, a, you can get a below average price at Costco you will get you'll get the lowest price in your market at Costco so uh, that's my that's my recommendation
1: mm. uh, I have a question for you. We talk about MSRP we talk about fees. Whether they and we don't have enough time for me to mention all the fees, dock fees, dealer, fee, anything you want, a spaghetti fees. Uh, when will we not be talking anymore about market adjustment? When will that be eliminated? We're talking now about used cars plummeting. We're talking about Tesla uh, in this in the same conversation, which you can pay for a used Tesla today is. Uh, I, I don't know, is it like $6,000 less? But market adjustment, we see that in a lot of our mystery shopping reports, and we see that a lot on uh, with customers calling us and telling us, can we get out of the market adjustment fee?
0: Well, no, it, it's coming when the manufacturers sell directly, and that, that's what the dealers are doing. They're driving the dealer's worst fear is that they will no longer be franchised to sell uh, the make car they have. And there's some pretty big dealers out there, AutoNation, Penske, uh, Lithia, Sonic Auto Group. I mean, there's, there's big investments in auto dealerships. I have a big investment in our in our auto dealership. So I'd hate to see uh, n- n- me being no longer franchised to sell Toyotas. Uh, the, the games that the dealers are playing to uh, take advantage of customers with the dealer addendums and the dock fees and all the other hidden fees, the dealers, all accessories, and everybody walks into a car dealership today pays a different price. Uh, the, the, the better bargainer you are, the better, more sophisticated, the more experienced, the lower the price you get. If you haven't bought a car before and you're not uh, shrewd and the dealer can outfox you, then you pay a huge price. So, um, the dealers are going to be the, the reason behind their own demise. And it's getting close. All the manufacturers, I promise you, are having secret meetings saying, how are we going to get out of this dealer franchise system we got? I want to sell cars. We want to sell cars directly to you like Tesla does. Now, this, this show, or and Cars, we've shopped. Tesla, and we shopped, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Lucid. Uh, Lucid. Lucid? Uh, Lucid. Lucid. Uh, and did we shopped Tesla twice? Ma- Once. On, but the two electric uh, manufacturers, Lucid and Tesla, they don't have any hidden fees. They don't have any uh, dealer-installed accessories. Uh, they sell at the same price that the manufacturer sells for because they are the manufacturer. Now, they're not in business separately as a a second markup there's only one markup and then to win the market you try to have a competitive markup Uh, as a matter of fact tesla is gaining a lot of market share right now because they have lower prices than lucid lucid prices are, are so high they're having problems that's what competition is supposed to do for you the buyer the consumer and what you don't have in the uh retail franchise system is honest competition you have dishonest competition so Long way of answering a simple question. It'll probably be uh, five to ten years, and there won't be any more uh, addendum labels or anything else because the manufacturers will be selling directly.
1: Well, I really think it'll be less than that Um, if, and it's a big if, Ashley Moody were to get involved. The attorney general has a lot to do with this. I want to tell you. Don't hold your breath. Market adjustment. I'm an optimist. Uh, market adjust i mean please we we talk about fees let's talk about market adjustment uh, my goodness gracious it should be outlawed when you're talking about spending um, the, uh, an investment on a car or a home these are big investments in your lifetime back to the car let me tell you to be paying five six seven thousand dollars for a market adjustment it is just not right, oh, Ashley Nancy, Nancy, Moody.
0: Nancy, that's not going to happen. See, the dealers control the politicians. So
1: you're telling me the attorney general can't do anything the, the, about she,
0: this? She can, so but what she is she won't? in office for? She won't. See, that's the point. And uh, the the reason we have the situation, we have a lot of attorney generals, we have a lot of uh, local regulators, uh, but the... The auto industry, including the retail, the dealers, and the wholesale, the manufacturers, the organizations, and the political action committees, they are the ones who control what regulation we have. Ashley Moody and all the other 49 attorney generals, if they buck the National Automobile Dealers Association and the State Association and the dealers, they'll never get reelected. So uh, this has been going on for 100 years. We've had franchise dealers for over 100 years, and the regulators aren't doing anything. We are having a watershed moment in our whole history of auto retailing, and the retailing will go from the, manu- from the dealers to the manufacturers. When it goes to the manufacturers, there will be no dealer fees, there will be no addendum labels, there will be no hidden fees, and that's the only thing that's going to save the industry.
1: I understand what you're saying, but all of this wasted time on manufacturers and dealers continuously, continuously battling each other. Washington, D.C., battling each other. Let's do something productive. Let's do something for the people, the consumers. That's why everybody was elected. That's all I'm saying, and this is not right. A market adjustment fee, it is not right. I'm leaving for Washington, D.C. Everybody, (laughs) bye-bye.
3: Okay. Uh, A little little bit of heat. (laughs) This one is coming in from Anonymous and says, Is a Tesla fender bender difficult or expensive to repair? Can you drive around a Tesla with damage until repaired? Also, is it expensive to insure compared to your other cars? Thanks.
0: It is very expensive, and uh, uh, this was uh, pointed out to me uh, uh, about a week or two ago. We, we were talking about insurance. Uh, Tesla is coming out with their own insurance, and I think do- the reason they're doing that is because they can, uh, the regular insurance companies—Geico uh, and Progressive and State Farm and Allstate—the rest of them—they do charge more. Uh, it, it isn't because the Tesla has problems with. Uh, autonomous driving and there's a lot of people that blast Tesla all the time because they say uh, the autonomous, they're unsafe and and blah, blah, blah. Uh, It's because the materials that Tesla uses, advanced materials that they use uh, are rare and expensive. And so if you have a fender bender with a Tesla, it costs you a lot more to repair than if you have a fender bender with a Chevrolet or a Honda.
3: This one's from Jim in North Carolina. He says, Earl, on a new 23 Toyota Tacoma, from the time you get an allocation from SET, how long does it take for you, the dealer, to receive the vehicle? I know once you receive the allocation, the car has not even been built yet, but was wanting to know how long it will take the dealer to receive the vehicle, particularly the Tacoma. Thanks, Jim from North Carolina.
0: Yeah, it, it sounds like someone that has a Tacoma on order because we, we've got a couple thousand cars on order in our order bank. Every every model of a particular make has a varying pipeline, so to speak. And uh, uh, the Tacoma is a uh, high demand, low supply, and it's got a, got a long pipeline. Uh, when we get uh, allocated a car, all that means is that Toyota has said, we're going to build a car and they will very quickly assign a VIN number. So as soon as the car goes into production, we have uh, a VIN number, and that's, of course, a vehicle identification number. Uh, that is the specific car that's being built. Now, how long is it going to be from the time we get the VIN number? It depends on supply and demand. It depends on where the car is manufactured. Uh, for Toyota, most cars are manufactured in the U.S. now, and uh, some other make cars, uh, or the U.S., some cars are only made overseas. So uh, if the car's coming from California or Japan uh, or your local state, that all figures into it. And then how many people um, are asking for that particular maker car to buy? So it could be uh, from the time we uh, we get allocated, it could be a week or two, or it could be a month or two. And we can find out and we should tell you one of the problems we have with our dealership is our salespeople are just getting lazy because they're they're not really selling cars the way they used to. Uh, They're taking orders and they're sending it to the manufacturer and then we're waiting for Toyota to decide to build it. I don't mean decide when they can build it because of the demand and supply situation. So they're order takers now. They're more buyers Uh, than than we've ever had. The prices are higher (coughs) than we've ever seen. And so uh, we take the order. Uh, It goes into the manufacturer. If the a person that ordered the car changes their mind. That's okay with us because there's three or four people waiting for that same car. So it's, it's, it's a surreal situation we find ourselves in and I apologize to my customers because we don't do a very good job of telling you we should call you every week and say Mr. Jones, uh, you ordered this Tacoma from us uh, a month ago. Uh, we just got allocated for best knowledge that car should be in in the three weeks and then you call them next week and say, I was wrong. It's not going to be three weeks. It's going to be two weeks. I, you know, when you spend forty or $50,000 on anything and you have to wait, you want to know when you're going to get it. And uh, too many dealers now are just taking these for granted, and they don't keep the buyers informed. And I know it's not just my dealership. It's a lot of other dealerships that do that. So, uh great
1: question and for all of you that are listening to this show right now and you heard what earl said this is an important subject to us we realize that communication is extremely important and for so many of you who have ordered a vehicle and you haven't exactly you know heard from a dealership you know once every maybe two weeks i'll say once every two weeks actually it should be once every week We have empathy and sympathy for you. We realize you spent a whole lot of money, and you've been waiting a long time. But I'm just here to let you know that we know it, and we know it's an important topic, and we're working towards perfecting the whole situation. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772 497-6530. We're going to go back to Rick, but first I'm going to tell Howard, Howard, if you're still listening, give us a call back. Sorry, I couldn't grab your call quick enough.
3: Okay. And this one came in on Facebook from Chuck. Earl, what are your thoughts on the Tesla recall?
0: Oh, interesting. They're recalling my car, (laughs) Uh, my Tesla plan. Uh, I think... uh, I think it's good. Uh, Elon Musk's response to that is uh, Tesla recall is not the right name for what happened with Tesla. He says uh, there is no recall. In other words, we're not asking an NHTSA is simply saying you have an issue with your autonomous driving and fix it. And so. The Tesla owners who have a recall car don't have to bring their car back to Tesla because they will have it fixed online just by leaving it parked in their garage or wherever it's parked. It's going to be a software repair, and it will be done wirelessly. It will be done Wi-Fi on AT&T wireless, and you'll never even have to bring the car in. So um, I keep my uh, Tesla plugged in every night, And I won't have to wait. I'll just walk out when they do the recall, and I'll get a little flash on my screen and say, uh, your recall has been accomplished, and it'll be fixed. It had to do, the recall with Tesla had to do with the, uh, what they call Toyota self-driving, total self-driving. It isn't, uh, really, that's that's a misnomer. The autonomous still has a lot of bugs that need to be fixed. And Nancy and I have... uh, 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 encountered this. As a matter of fact, I had to promise Nancy I would never turn on the autonomous when she was in the car. So, the other day when she wasn't in the car... Because
1: you know what I'll do. I do carry a blade.
0: The other day when I wasn't in the car and I was driving somewhere, it was really kind of a scary situation. It was a... uh, That's an understatement. uh, So, um, uh, it it was... uh, The grounds for the NHTSA repair was the fact that their autonomous driving software sometimes directly call, uh, caused uh, the car to violate local traffic laws. So that's a technicality they went out on, and I can see that, but we all violate you know, local traffic laws. Uh, humans, they probably vo- violate local traffic laws a lot more than uh, Tesla will. I know one of the things they're going at, which I thought was interesting. When, you, when when I have my car, Tesla, on autonomous, uh, up on my screen, it says 55 miles an hour. Then it says adjust. Now, I can adjust it up to 65. Now, that's a violation of the law. So I, I'm, I'm sure somebody... Uh, and, but by the same token, think about this. If you've ever been on I-95 or any other uh, turnpike uh, highway and the posted speed is 65 or 55 or 75 or whatever it is, and if you go at the post of speed, what happens? You get run over. You get run over. So <laughs> Tesla has an adjustment because if you don't have an adjustment, it's unsafe. If you adjust it, you're breaking the law. But if you don't adjust it, you get rear-ended. So that's what uh, the Tesla recall is all about. But I love the fact that I can just not have to – you know, the – how many people don't have the recalls done because you just haven't got the time to take it to the dealer? You call the dealer, you can't get through the switchboard on the phone, and when you finally get it in, they say that they don't have the part, and if you bring it in, uh, they told, they'll tell you to take it one day, and it takes three days. So I could, people don't get recalls done. And 25%, well, no, 75% of the people never have the recall done. Because there's all kinds of recalls. I mean, some of them are not really dangerous. But, the, but most recalls are never accomplished because of the inconvenience. Now, in the digital age, most of our recalls are all going to be done uh, by, uh, wirelessly while your car is parked. I love it.
3: All right. Uh, this one is from another Bob. He says, when buying a used one-year-old car, is the original factory warranty valid To the new buyer.
0: Yeah, the warranty, the factory warranties go with the car, not the buyer. So no matter how often it's changed hands, if you've got a three year, 36,000 mile warranty and it's changed hands three times and you're the third owner and there's still uh, less than 36,000 or three years on the car, then you still have the warranty.
3: And that's got us caught up here on YouTube and text messages.
0: How many people, I, this is an interesting thing, I ran, I ran across this the other How many people know of an auto, auto, auto manufacturer called Vinfast? V I N F A S T. Vinfast. How many people have ever, have ever heard of this? If you haven't heard of Vinfast, then you don't know the CEO. The CEO of Vinfast is Le Thai Thu L I. T-H-I-T-H-U-T-H-U-Y. I mean, all the experts in here. Uh, I'll float that out there, and maybe someone out there knows the answer. If you don't, you can Google it.
1: <laughs> if you know the answer, give us a call at L- 877-960-9960. It's
0: an auto manufacturer, and the CEO is T H U Y. I just—I mean—and they're a big manufacturer. They're new, obviously, and uh, it'd be interesting. Who—who who knows about that? Uh, okay, uh, let's let's talk uh, about the uh, conflict between the dealers and the manufacturers. This was written up in Automotive News, and Nancy. T- went on a rant um, about 20 minutes ago about the Attorney General and why don't the regulators do something about cleaning up the act of the dealers. And uh, this speaks to what's happening now at this watershed moment in our auto history. The manufacturers are, are some, some openly, for example Honda, saying we're going to sell direct to the consumer. I mean, that's got to shake up a lot of Honda dealers. Others are kind of not talking about it, but in behind closed doors, all the manufacturers are saying, how can we get out of these franchise dealers that are embarrassing us by the games they're playing, uh, by the fact that auto dealers are last in the annual Gallup survey on honesty and ethics and professions?
3: No, we're not. Oh, who is? I looked it up. December of 22, we actually moved up to number three. Wow. From, ahead the, bo- of, from the bottom. Ahead of lobbyists and telemarketers. Oh, telemarketers. So isn't that, doesn't that make you feel good as a
0: car dealer? We're wow. We're only better than marketers, telemarketers, or lobbyists. Lobbyists. <laughs>
4: <laughs> wow. <laughs> and the
0: lobbyists are why the regulators aren't doing anything to clean up the act. So, so here we are, uh, the manufacturers trying to go direct for obvious reasons, and uh, they want to sell more cars, they want to sell cars honestly. They don't want the reputation of the dealer to taint the, their reputation as, as auto manufacturers. And that happens all the time. I mean, there's some very, quali- there's some quality dealers out there, I mean manufacturers out there that really want the best for their customers, but they have to go through a third party, which is a car dealer, and the car dealer is embarrassing them. That's That's got to be cleaned up. Now the dealers are are attacking the manufacturers. And there's a secret war going on. The dealers are going at the manufacturers uh, to try to make more money. They are, they are going to their lobbyists and to their state associations, to their federal associations, trying to get the manufacturers to pay them more than they're entitled to, to do warranty work. And, uh, the the mediators uh, I, I read this in Automotive News and they kind of represent the Henry Kissinger's between the car dealers and auto manufacturers because they have to cater to both. They're saying, Hey, listen, you dealers and you manufacturers, you got to come together. If you don't come together and you start fighting each other, then uh, who's going to win? The consumer is going to win because the consumer is going to get their way, and the manufacturers will be selling direct.
1: Well, one thing I can say about the dealers and manufacturers, they're consistent. With that said, we're going to go back to the phones uh, where we have Bob holding. He's calling us from Lake Park, and uh, Marty will be with you momentarily. Good morning, Bob.
0: Good
5: morning. Uh, I'd like to make a correction on the uh, warranty transfer with uh, Hyundai. Okay. Uh, the second the second owner doesn't get the uh, full uh, Warranty transfer on the powertrain that gets reduced.
0: Oh, uh, what, what's reduced uh, too, Bob?
5: Uh, I believe it's uh, reduced in, uh, from ten years to five. Oh, it goes to five sixty. I think it's ten one hundred, and it goes to five sixty on the Hyundai's.
0: Well, thank you very so you much for the, correcting you me. You I don't appreciate get it. the full up. Uh, yeah. so you get
5: the the other the other part of the warranty. I think is. Uh, is transferable, but there's an adjustment made on the uh, second owner.
0: I see. Well, thank That's you very much. I right. appreciate okay. it. Have a great you, day. Do you drive a Hyundai, Bob?
5: No, I have a Mustang. Uh, <laughs> thank you.
0: Thank you for calling. <laughs> okay, have a great day, Bob.
1: Thank you, Bob. Hmm. Our number here is 877 960 9960, and you can also text us at 772. 772- Four nine seven six five three zero. We're going to go to Marty, who's holding in West Palm Beach. Good morning, Marty. Hi,
6: how you doing? How Great. you doing today? Great. I uh, I just have to <coughs> excuse me. If the car manufacturers were to sell direct, who's going to do the service?
0: Well, they'll have. uh will probably be set up like Tesla is. Uh, they will have actual satellite. Uh, uh, rep, uh, you know, repair areas for the uh, uh, cars in their market. So they'll um, they'll have uh, it'll look just like a dealership. Matter of fact, I always call the Tesla dealership. It's not a dealership. It's owned by Tesla, and uh, Lucid also has a, a repair facility. Um, they have technicians and they uh, do exactly what a dealer does, or probably better, because they're going to treat you. Uh, a lot more uh, fairly. You're not going to have hidden fees. You go to the service department today. Uh, we talk about dealer fees a lot. Hidden fees. Service departments have hidden fees. They don't call them dealer fees. They call them uh, miscellaneous. They call them uh, uh, hazardous waste disposal. Uh, the dealers screw the customers in the service department and uh, the, the showroom. Uh, manufacturers don't do that. I'm not saying maybe they're they're better. Uh, human beings, the manufacturers, I'm saying a big target like General Motors or Ford or Honda or Toyota, they're afraid and they're a big target. And if they start taking advantage with hidden fees, they're going to get nailed in a hurry. So um, yeah, it'll. The, it, don't be worried about getting your car fixed. They'll have regional uh, areas also, uh, stockpiling cars. They'll have a warehouse uh, stockpiling cars and they'll have locations where they can have them readily serviced.
6: I know, look, every time I come into your dealership for service, I mean, people are coming in there constantly. And then there's also people that come in with no appointment, yeah. that they have to get something fixed. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, they, get, they would have to have, now obviously they sell more Toyotas than they sell uh, uh, you know, electric cars.
3: Not for long.
6: So, you know, right now, Tesla can have its one service area on uh, Okeechobee Boulevard for everybody that bought a Tesla in, in Palm Beach County. But I, I think uh, they're going to need you. They're
0: going to need well, you. Well, not, so, not as much. I service. mean, I appreciate that. I mean, I I hope they need need me, but i got to face reality. And uh, uh, the cars today, I mean, I'm this Tesla, I'm not – hey, listen – there are better cars than Tesla. Uh, Tesla's got problems. Uh, 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 you know, uh, I mean, they got a lot of problems. But the the concept of Tesla and the electric vehicle, flash forward 10 years, all the cars are going to be so good that you're not going to require maintenance hardly at all. Repairs will be done wirelessly while your car is parked in your garage. Uh, uh, I, I, I have I've been in the Tesla store once or twice I've had the car for a year uh, I, I talked last week I think I had a, uh, a windshield washer my windshield washer was malfunctioning Tesla came out to my house and went in the garage jacked it up put in a new washer motor so even when there is something that has to be done they'll be doing it in your in your, in your home uh, they understand uh, a lot of the uh, people understand now that uh, the consumer wants convenience. They want to buy a car, they want they that want, they want the car to get them where they want to go and back home again, and they don't want it to be a complicated part of their life. So there will be uh, that convenience that we have, but that just won't be the need for it, uh, Marty. I know how you feel, but 10 years from now, some people will buy a car and they'll never have it into the service department until they, they'll trade it in i will never go to the service department.
6: Uh, I got one other question that Rick, I'm sure, can answer. Years ago, cars needed a tune-up. Now, I never hear of a car needing a tune-up. Do they need tune-ups?
3: Well, years ago, a tune-up was the technician would adjust the carburetor to adjust the flow of the fuel going in, and he would adjust the timing on the distributor. Well, now... The computer controls the fuel going in through the injectors multiple times a second per cylinder and it adjusts the timing multiple times a second per cylinder. So technically the computer is doing a tune up on your car probably 20 or 30 times a second as you're driving down the road. It uses the information from all of the sensors to determine what adjustments it needs to make. Um, the only thing that really is done now is most cars, I'm going to say, are on 60,000-mile spark plugs or one hundred and twenty or 150,000-mile for the spark plugs. And that's a tune-up anymore is just replacing the spark plugs when they're come due.
6: Yeah, How how would a person know, except I guess if the car's not running right, that they need spark plugs?
3: Any maintenance guide on your car, it'll tell you how at what mileage you should replace the spark plugs.
6: Okay, and is that a simple job now, or is that still uh, the dealership will shaft you?
3: <laughs> Some cars it's 20 30 minutes, other cars it's four or five hours. Uh, like, say, a Highlander just did one yesterday, you've got to remove the intake plenum. Yeah. Which is the the uh, the plastic piece that flows all the air to each individual cylinder to access those back three spark plugs, and they are buried. Thankfully, those only need to get done every hundred and twenty thousand miles.
6: And what would the cost of that job be?
3: Around four hundred and fifty to five hundred dollars.
6: Well, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess if you're going to keep the car that long, it's still cheaper than buying a new car. Yep. Yeah. All right. Very good. Thanks. Thank Uh, you, Marty. Girl, don't worry about it. You're going to be in business
0: (laughs) a while. I'm not not worried about it. I'm worried about not for me, for my sons, because they're in the business. So we're all. I'll be honest with you. We're all every every dealer, whether they admit it or not, is worried about this issue, and uh, we all see the handwriting on the wall. We just don't like to talk about it. All right.
6: (laughs) All right. Have a a good week.
1: Thank you, Marty. Right here in front you. Uh, remember, ladies, uh, I have uh, $50 for the next uh, new female caller. $50. So there's still time for you to give me a call at 877 960 9960. We're going to go to Dominic, who's calling us from Coral Springs. Good morning, Dominic. Good morning.
5: I've got a question about uh, a car that I have. Uh, I've got a 2006. Uh, Lexus uh it was top of the line and I decided that that would be my last car when I bought it I was 65 and I I just had it redone and had all jocks and everything done and now uh my headlight was going out and I told the guy to put a new headlight in and he says it's not a new headlight it's the assembly and he said what you need to do is buy a new car is there any inexpensive way to fix the headlights on this Lexus? It's got 61,000 miles on
3: it. Hmm. Uh, truth be told, the most cost-efficient repair is to replace the headlight itself. It's the assembly. assembly. It's, it's an LED-type assembly. It, it's going to be a few hundred dollars, but on an 06 Lexus with 60,000 miles on it, and I'm going to kind of step onto a limb here and guess that you've got a garage-kept car. You keep it in the garage? Uh, I used to before my wife
5: put her car in the garage. <laughs> ah,
3: gotcha. But um, I'm betting it's probably, this car probably looks really, really good. It does. I, I would replace that headlight in a heartbeat. I would go to well, another, another mechanic, say, I want that assembly, get it from... Lexus and replace that part because truth be told you've got a fantastic car an 06 Lexus with 60,000 miles is going to last you another 10 years or more that, there's nothing wrong with putting a little extra to, to get that headlight in properly and th- the cost of that versus the cost of a new car I'd, I'd stick with that old one all day long myself
5: Okay, I was quoted $2,000 a headlight.
3: Yeah, unfortunately it, it is expensive. Well, I,
0: can, can you shop I, I mean, I, where, where can you buy uh, headlamp assembly other than Lexus?
3: Well, uh, you can get aftermarket headlight assemblies. Uh, the only drawback, they may not last as long, but that is an, another alternative. Um, look online on, on Google, on Amazon, and look for headlight assemblies for your car.
0: And one other thing you might consider, uh, for for any operation service or maintenance operation on Lexus, if you can find a Toyota dealer you trust, uh, they will do the the maintenance repair work a lot cheaper than Lexus. Uh, Lexus is the high price spread. Most of their customers are very affluent. Most of them uh, have a few extra bucks to throw around. And they they charge higher prices. a, a Toyota dealer in your market uh, that you can deal with, you should at least get competitive pricing there. But if, if you could go online, or have someone, you know, a, a, you know, one of your kids or somebody you know that's uh, handy online, and shop for the Lexus 2006 headlight assembly, even if it's an aftermarket, if it's let's say on, if you buy it on Amazon, for example, if it has high ratings, uh, uh, it, but for the people that bought it. Uh, then you can take that assembly to a Toyota dealer and you might save yourself a whole lot of money. I mean, it sounds like a lot of trouble, but uh, if you go to a Lexus dealer, you got to pay all the money. They get all the money and because
3: they can. Well, I'm actually going to disagree with Earl on one point here. I wouldn't go to a Toyota dealer. I would go to an independent mechanic Oh. because an independent mechanic is actually going to cost you even less than a Toyota dealer True. will. True. And. The only reason I had mentioned of getting the part from Lexus is you would then know even a Toyota dealer for an 06, for that assembly, he's going to have to go through Lexus to get it. Um, But an independent mechanic can quite often get a wholesale rate through Lexus to get a lower price on the headlight than you were if you went in, walked into the uh, dealer and bought it yourself. (laughs) But they're also going to give you a lower price on the actual installation and I know there are lots of good independent mechanics out there that can do that job perfectly for a very good rate. Uh, and you might also even consider uh, the website called rockauto.com for parts on there. But if you do, I would look very carefully at what parts you're looking at and what the reviews are and make sure you get a good quality one.
1: When you uh, uh, Rick, uh, this is for Dominic. Um, if you were to purchase a um, headlight assembly kit, and you were to take it to that independent, you know, uh, repair shop, uh, would they accept uh, the fact that you brought that kit in? Yes, they would. Most most Bec- independents
3: have, would have no problem with that. Because
1: I see here, I googled it, and uh, there's prices uh, that range from. Uh, two hundred fifty dollars to a thousand dollars, but then there's prices from seventy five dollars to four hundred dollars if you do take advantage of the, what you just said about go, well, taking it to a repair shop.
5: Right, that, I'm looking that's at amazing that amazing because I was I was I was quoted two thousand dollars a light. I'm, that's amazing. I'm was that at the
1: dealership, yeah. uh, Dominic? Was that at Lexus? No,
5: it's a mechan- It's my mechanic. <laughs> a oh. guy I go to all the time.
0: Oh. Dominic I'm looking at uh, Amazon right now and uh, Amazon's choice uh, which they usually put four stars plus um, there's a company called A-C-A-N-I-I, um, and they have uh, they have prices uh, in the three to 400 500 area so I really believe uh, I, I prefer Amazon cool. because you can get the reviews for people that have actually bought the product and they break the, the product. So I'd go to Amazon, put your model in Lexus. I'd buy it on Amazon, and as Rick suggested, I'd take it to an independent mechanic that would install for you. You'll save yourself a lot of money.
3: Yeah, And one other quick Thank suggestion. You. Thank you. Go ahead. Um, Go online and look for Lexus forums uh, for local Lexus owners. Because Lexus is another one that has a great following of owners that that love their cars. Connect up with some of the guys on there that are local in, in Palm Beach County area or local to you. And ask them what mechanics they go to, who they trust with their cars. And you can get hooked up with somebody aftermarket that can do some incredible work for you. Great
1: information.
3: Well,
5: appreciate it. And and I let me let me tell you this. I really appreciate your show. Thank you. I enjoy listening to it because it brings me back to when everybody was honest at one time or another. <laughs> thank you so
1: much, and, Dominic, from all of us.
5: All right. Thank you so much for your information. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Keep on listening. Right, Have a great weekend. We are finally going to get to Howard. Uh, Howard has been waiting
7: patiently. Good morning, Howard. Good morning. I hope you all are fine. Uh, Not such such nice weather on the beach today, but uh, (laughs) it's better than up north. (laughs) By the way, did you know something? New York City has not had snow this year. They broke a record. January 29th was the last time in in history that uh, it snowed. So it it has not even, in in Central Park, not one inch of snow. Wow. Amazing, right? Okay, let me try to stump uh, Earl, not uh, Rick. Earl, I have a question for you. Okay. Okay, ready? Yeah. I'll give you a hint. All set. Okay. How do you try, how can you uh, Ford a Jeep? Ford, F-O-R-D. And I'll give you a hint if you can't answer the question.
0: Now, say, say that again. How do you
7: Ford a Jeep? F
0: O R D, a
3: Jeep. How do you, How do I Ford a Jeep?
7: Not a Ford. Ford. F O R D.
3: How do you f- Ford as in a Ford? No, he said not no, a Ford. F O R D. How do you Ford a Jeep? In other words, uh, you mean like Ford across the river with a Jeep?
7: You, you, got, gave, you. you gave it up. I went an <laughs> Earl's
0: <to> answer. <laughs> Uh, Rick, uh, no, you,
3: yeah, Rick, Rick, I'm sorry. I, I, I may have a scratchy voice, but I got a clever mind.
7: Yeah, so can you explain that so Earl can uh, you know learn something?
3: I uh, just it, it's it's the the language is if you're crossing a river you're ford the river. Yeah. So I, if you if you've got a jeep I, I, then you're going to drive across the river, I understand
0: fording a river, but I didn't understand fording a jeep. So that's uh, oh. yeah.
7: Yeah, I did it, you know, in the Korean War. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so you had a real
3: Jeep. Yeah. Yeah. You had a GP. Yeah.
7: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Now, Earl, I have an idea. I think this may work. In order to uh, uh, save a lot of uh, fuel, I would suggest that the government uh, puts into place a plan uh, 2025, one quarter of the cars must be hybrid. 2026, uh, three quarters, etc. and going down the line. What do you think of that idea? Instead of just going straight into electric to have more hybrids yeah. uh, being produced, and, and the government is insisting on this. What do you think of that plan?
0: Yeah, anytime you say the government insisting on something, I get nervous. And... Uh, you know the the government. You know, we got the greatest country in the world, but uh, politicians are politicians, and uh, uh, they they tell us what we want to hear. And uh, behind behind closed doors, uh, they take a lot of money from a lot of big companies and other people uh, to do what they want to do. Uh, I'm not, uh, you know, I I, I I I very vehemently criticize our government, and and the politicians, but at the same time, I'm applauding them because I wouldn't want to live anywhere else in the world. But, uh, uh, I mean, I'd rather have all the crap that we take from our politicians and all the uh, uh, influence that the lobbyists have on our legislatures and our regulators than live in China. I don't want to live in China. I don't want to live in Libya. I don't uh this is the only place but i just don't uh i don't i don't like it when they monkey with the economy and try to they even when they have good intentions they pass these laws they turn around and backfire i think the electric vehicle revolution will take place just because it's a better product you know it's uh you, you build a better mousetrap, somebody is building a better mousetrap now, and the world will flock to your door when you do that. So EVs are going to come, and you can do subsidies. You can, do, uh, uh, you, can, you can punish people for not having an EV, but uh, it's going to happen because the electric vehicle is a superior vehicle. Okay. My last question is,
7: why did they discontinue the uh, Solara?
0: I
3: think
7: it
3: was 2022
0: when it was discontinued. Yeah, it's uh, uh, terrible. Uh, Toyota, you know, I, I, I as a local dealer in Florida, I thought it was the dumbest thing they've ever done. But if I were to talk to the head of Toyota, remember, they sell these cars all over the world. And we see a lot of convertibles in Florida because this is convertible territory, you know. it's uh, Especially during the winter, uh, what's nicer than being out with a top-down in your convertible? Uh, So, but, you know, if you live in Minneapolis or you live in, uh, you know, Anchorage, (laughs) you know, the world is a big place. You know, I I could tell you exactly what happened. The Solera wasn't, wasn't, uh, it was taking up space in some assembly line somewhere. People wanted to buy a lot of Toyotas. And the assembly line that they had to build the Soleras wasn't uh, getting used enough. They could use it to build something that's selling faster, so they discontinued it. Uh, I felt the same way about a number of models that were popular in the Sun Belt states, but they weren't popular in the rest of the world. So uh, today, the good news for you Solera owners, they're worth almost what you paid for at the beginning. I mean, a Solera is like a, a, a antique car that's worth a lot of money. Do you get any Solares in your used car uh, a lot? Not enough. I mean, when they come in, they get sold. Uh, I Every time I talk to a Solaris owner, I say, you know, and this is before the shortage and the pandemic and all that kind of stuff, but the Solaris convertible is such a highly desirable car, I say to them, you know, Hang on to that car. It's only going to grow. It's the only car you ever bought that's appreciating in value. And I said, if you ever decide you don't want to, please let me buy it because I'll pay you a lot of money for it. But if you have a Solera convertible, and there are other cars like that, uh, that just you got lucky you bought it at the right time and they're worth more today than when you bought it. No other used car can you say that about. That's that's,
7: that's great
1: news for Solera owners. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. And, Howard, you can uh, you have a better chance of uh, pulling over someone who's driving a Celera, a Celica, an Avalon, and making them an offer. Um, it's just amazing how much those cars are worth right now, today.
7: Okay, thank you. Good information. Thank you. Have a thank good you, day.
1: Thank you, Howard. Thanks for your patience. We're going to Doug in Boca. Good morning, Doug.
7: Good morning, thank Doug.
0: Maybe we lost Doug.
4: Good morning, Doug. Hey, I'm here. There he is. Good morning. morning. (laughs) (laughs) That was quick. Um, (laughs) I missed the sunrise today, but I'm sure I can watch it later.
0: Hey, hey, Doug, did you know that Boca Raton is one of the few cities that will not allow car dealers? They're a very smart government there. They ban car dealers. If you want to buy a, a car in Boca Raton, you got to go to Delray or, or south to uh, Fort Lauderdale.
4: I know. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> well, I'm glad that you didn't try to start a, a car dealership in Boca. <laughs> <laughs> so my question is... Um, I'm sure I'm beating a dead horse here, but um, I think I'm going to give up on the Toyota GR Series. Um, I even called your dealership, and they said, oh, we'll get back to you. I go, okay. (laughs) It just seems like it's such a hard car to get, and if you want to get it, then they mark it up anywhere between... Ten thousand to as much as twenty thousand. Yeah, on the model.
0: now it's a, it's a bad situation, and I have it with my own sales force. Uh, we're right now on a uh, mission to relearn the car business. Uh, we're, you know, we've been living in La La Disneyland or whatever you want to call it, uh, for the past three years, and uh, this is true for all car dealers. And the salespeople, you know, I, I, I'm probably going to get a lot of salespeople mad at me now. But uh, it, it wasn't your fault. I'm not mad at the salespeople because of anything they did. Uh, we we, we were li- are living in an artificial bubble of prosperity. And if you're a car salesperson today, people are begging you to buy a car. And uh, and you're, you, you're doing them a favor and you're charging them all the money for the car, and then you order it, and then you go and find somebody else to order the car. You don't even want to tell the customer you sold the car to last month if and when this car is going to be there. So it's a, it's a, uh, a sad situation. Uh, I like to think my dealership is doing a better job than others. But i be honest with you, I get calls, and so does Nancy all the time, Say, I, I bought a car three months ago, I bought a car four months ago, when's it going to be here? I called the salesman, he didn't return my, my phone call. And everybody in my dealership listening to me now is saying, boy, I can't believe he's saying that about us. Well, I don't, I'm not saying that about all, but some of us in, in all of the dealerships down there are not treating our customers the way we should.
4: Yeah, and I mean, even even with my car that I bought in 2020, uh, the SI, mm-hmm. um, they keep calling me up. They go, hey, we want to buy your car. Come in. We have a new SI. We'll give you a deal. So I went in there um, to um, Delray, Delray mm-hmm. Honda, mm-hmm. and um, the sales guy said, okay, we'll take a look at your car. So they looked at my car and they said, Okay, we're gonna offer you twenty seven thousand for it. And the new SI is only are you sitting down? Forty three thousand. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I looked at
0: the They call price. that stealing the stealing the trade or stealing the car. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh that's uh it's always been a huge part of the business is every car dealer always tries to to buy a car, well, this is just—that's because it's a horse trading business. The only one left uh, for a hundred years now. Car dealers have been treating uh, customers like they're buying a horse and not a car. You know, they call it haggling, and they do it when they sell you the car and they do it when they buy your car. So uh, when you say. What? You're crazy? Oh, wait a minute. Let me go talk to my manager. Instead of 27000 maybe we can do a little better. And they, and they play the game. Meanwhile, you can sell the car for twice that. <laughs> and you got to go through this uh, game playing. Uh, that's the reason the franchise system is dead in the water. They're dead. They just don't know it. And 10 years from now, there won't be any car dealers.
4: Wow. Well, I hope you're still there. because you're well, the I, I hope
0: so, too. But well, I'm 82 years old. Remember that? So. Oh,
4: really? Oh. <laughs> I never knew that because watching you every morning... Well, thank you. I could do
0: Thank you. Well, I, I feel like I'm <laughs> every 22. Morning
4: you, I mean, you do this every morning. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, the, the sunrise, yeah. Not, not the radio show.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, Doug. Yeah. Out at age 82 and age 80... Uh, to, uh, you know, the schedule that Earl and I have. It's amazing. Uh, I'm looking for two people that are our age and keep up the pace that we keep. And there's things we oh, do you oh, don't right. even know about. Doug, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for calling, as always. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk and to you oh. soon.
4: And Ella says hello. <laughs> oh. <And> so- Hi,
0: <laughs> <Bye>, Ella.
1: <laughs> Meow. Hello. <laughs> okay, we're going to go to Roadrunner Steve, who's been holding in Boynton. Oh, Always maybe. a pleasure to talk to Roadrunner Steve. Good morning.
8: Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I feel happier already. <laughs> you fill us with energy. Yeah, <laughs> ain't, uh, yeah, ain't it Forge, your river? Not Forge, a river? Ain't it Forge, F O R G E?
3: Yeah, nope. you're right. Yeah, Forge. Forge a river, Forge a knife. Oh, Ford.
8: Is that
1: right?
3: Oh, yeah. Okay. Ford
8: the river. I'm
3: about to Google that, but <laughs> yeah, okay. you're right. Yeah, See, you're, yeah I, guy,
8: I know you are. Right. When you hit my age of 92, you'll get you'll get a little smarter. Is that See, right? Uh, God I, bless you. I'm giving you the story. I'm giving you the story. Okay, <laughs> tonight at eight o'clock on MeTV, they're going to have the greatest Mopar chase ever seen on TV. Like a- Everybody remember the movie Duel? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it's either what? Well, that's on tonight at eight o'clock with a Plymouth. I think it's a Signet or the Dodge Dart. I'm not sure because I couldn't get the straight Google on it. Plus, it was a slant six motor with that. And the funny part was when Dennis Wee was driving the car, the car was overheating. So guess what he did to cool down the car? What trick do you always use?
0: I'm afraid to ask.
8: He put the heater on. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> we love you. I learned that on my 69 Barracuda slits. <laughs> put there, the heat on. There to you cool go. cool down the car. <laughs> and that's about it, everybody. Have a good weekend. Thank you, Steve. Hey, hey Steve. Thank you.
3: Thank that you. was no a way, 71 no. Plymouth Valiant that he was driving.
8: It was a Valiant? Okay. Yep. <laughs> okay. okay. Valiant.
1: Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And it was red.
3: <laughs> yes. And he was up against a 1955 Peterbilt. I, yeah. I just Googled and it. but. have
8: never seen the driver.
3: Because I, I remember that movie because that oh, that was one incredible movie.
8: Yes, it was. One of the greatest Mopar chases in history. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking of that, I've been watching Highway Patrol. Oh. Do you know Robert Crawford? He switched from Elvis Buick. He started driving Dodge Coronets with the push button trannies on wow. the dashboard. Wow! <laughs> and they were all V eight because I seen the dual exhaust.
3: <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll tell
8: that's you. It for me. You have a
1: lot of information <laughs> for us, Steve. We love you. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, uh, in everyone. eight hours and 47 minutes i'll be in bed because <laughs> that's when... one oh, okay <laughs> so i might miss that show
8: <laughs> thanks Dave. dvr it just dvr it there if you I go there 148 go. episodes i'm up to 140. holy moly 104.
0: 104.
8: 104. 4 10-4,
0: <laughs> okay. okay.
1: Steve. Listen to our mystery shopping report, Steve. We'll talk with you later. Yes, I do. I love them.
8: Thank you. You're have welcome. a good
1: day. Okay, folks. Uh, I'll give out that text number. It's really I, important because seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. You're a big part of the mystery shopping report. When it does come up, we have a few things to get to before that. But again, that number seven seven two four nine seven 6530. Now, back to the recovering car
0: dealer. Well, nobody called in about the, uh, the new car company that I asked about earlier, Vinfast. V I N F A S T. If you Googled it, that's cheating. But uh, it's a Vietnamese automaker, and, uh, and their CEO is Lee Thai Thu Thuy. And uh, you Vietnamese folks out there tell me if I mispronounce it. L E T H I. T-H-U-T-H-U-Y. But uh, he's a CEO. And uh, they uh, shipped their first cars to California uh, in January. And they're going on sale this month. Now, they're going to be big, big in uh, EVs. They're starting out with piston cars. But they, they, they are going to go all out for EV. You have to. and But, you know, the whole idea, you know, you older folks out there, I mean, uh, that remember Vietnam, uh, and even the older older folks who remember, uh, you know, the, the World War II. Uh, I started in business uh, with Toyota in 1975. Now that's a long way from 1945, but still, I can remember when I started in 1975, a lot of people were just bitter because you know, I I can't believe you're selling a damn Japanese car, you know, and. You can't blame people. I mean, you, know, you lost your son, or maybe you were wounded yourself, and you fought in the war, and it was pretty rough. And now here you are buying a product from the enemy in your mind's eye. And I, when I first heard that, I, you know, the, the fact that now we are friends, and it's just it's kind of kind of cool that that uh, that can happen. I'm, I know I'm getting philosophical here, but that you can. It gives you hope, in my mind, that it, you can you you can have a terrible, terrible, bloody, deadly war, and then years later you become friends and you become partners in commerce. That happened in Japan. It's happened in, in Vietnam. Maybe it'll happen with Russia and China. I mean, it would really be nice if we could just have all friends for countries, and it is because it is a, a global economy that we're.
1: Yeah, ab- well. absolutely. It says right here in the Automotive News that uh, drumming up vehicle buyers remains a challenge. Um, it remains a challenge for the brand, which is virtually unknown in North America. Yeah. Uh, VinFast has about 12,000 US reservations and uh, for this uh, VF8, VF9 electric crossover.
0: Uh, the other little bulletin I get from Automotive News uh, of interest, uh, especially to you Ford owners out there, uh, Nancy and I are—I uh, say—friends with. We know uh, the uh, CEO of Ford because he—he uh, he was uh, uh, Toyota originally, and uh, uh, he, Jim Farley, James Farley, uh, very, very uh, great. He—he's a smart guy. He's a good manager. But the reason we like them so much is that he understood the buyer and he had compassion he understood he started with toyota as the head of the scion division the scion division uh was a a a vision that toyota had hey we're going to build a car and we're going to sell a car the way cars should be sold because we know cars are being sold wrong now they're being built wrong also And they came up with this, kind. it was like a pie in the sky dream as it turned out, you know, the bubble popped. But Jim Farley pushed it and did a great job. And we had a lot of conversations because we had a Scion franchise. They made the Scion franchise separate from Toyota. You had to have your own showroom. You had to have your own salespeople. They didn't allow Toyota to mark the price up. The price you saw was the price you paid. They had a lot more safety features. Um, and it was, it was a great vision. Well, it was a huge flop. <laughs> and Jim Farley left and he went to Ford. So Ford saw the same thing in Jim Farley, I think Toyota saw, and they brought him in. Unfortunately, he's been there for two years and Ford is, is uh, stumbling now. So uh, for you folks that are Ford owners out there, Ford's having some real problems. And uh, Jim Farley, if anybody can bring him out of the slump. He's been there for two years. He hasn't done it yet. Uh, He made a statement that is almost hard to believe that he would publicly say this. He said that Ford has 25% more engineers to build the same car that our competition does. Ooh. Them's fighting words. I mean, how do you think everybody in Ford feels that works for Ford Motor Company when the CEO says, I'm going to start firing engineers. And if he's going to be firing engineers, he's going to be firing a lot of other people. So uh, be thinking about it. I'm not telling you to trade your Ford in. Ford built some very good products, uh, like the F-150, the best-selling vehicle in the world, I think. It's a, certainly the best-selling truck. Uh, and it's a, and it's a very good truck, by the way. So um, you can have a great product, but if you don't have the management and the vision, uh, and we'll see if Jim Farley... Uh, can deliver that, but it's uh, words of uh, warning to you Ford owners out there, keep your eye on it, you'll want to be another Oldsmobile uh, or another Pontiac, you know because there are no more Oldsmobiles and there are no more Pontiacs this whole landscape we see of manufacturers, there's not going to be as many manufacturers 10 years from now as there are now so uh, you're, you're better off to be with one of the winners than one of the losers, so be thinking about that
1: Absolutely Okay, um, I think it... Uh, do you have any more uh, breaking news for us? we and got a couple over here, though. Have, yeah. Do you have some tips? Um,
3: first one, to comment from Rocky Blockatiel. <clears throat> he says, you guys are in your 80s? Amazing. You look great.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, who was it? Rocky, Rocky
3: Blockatiel.
1: Rocky, thank you so much. And We'll definitely take the compliment.
3: <laughs> and this one from Paul, he says... Here's a legal question. I noticed on buyer worksheets shown during mystery shopping reports that sales tax is added at the end. Last week, your report indicated the sales tax was charged on the phony dealer fee and on the phony government fees. Since a government fee is a tax to begin with, how can a dealer charge a tax on a tax? Or charge a tax on something that doesn't exist? Who keeps that money?
0: Well, if, if I don't even remember the, the, about the, the particular incident, but there are dealers that will inadvertently or on purpose, probably inadvertently, charge a tax on a tax. And uh, it, it's a mistake, but it is illegal. You can't do that. You can't tax a tax. And uh, that's uh, uh, my definition uh, the litmus test, uh, is it a phony fee, is it a hidden fee, or is it a real fee? Uh, the The litmus test is, did they charge you sales tax on that? And you can, you can calculate it. You take your buyer's order, or sometimes the worksheet, and you can look at the sales tax, and then by looking at the sum total that the sales tax was charged on, mm-hmm. find out if they did charge you the sales tax. Uh, get in trouble all the time for not charging sales tax on things they should, but sometimes they probably do it the other way, and they're making money for the state of Florida, in my case, or whatever state you're in, and they're charging sales tax on a tax it's not supposed to be.
3: Hmm. And this one, Hi, guys. Casey in Canada. I was down at my dad's down in North Palm Beach, and I loved your show. Uh, question. I have a 2020 Tacoma and I do all my own maintenance. Why is it so hard to find a detailed maintenance schedule that breaks down everything from plugs, fluids, etc.? I'm finding so many conflicting schedules or schedules that don't list the front differential or transfer case interval oil intervals. Where can I find an accurate schedule that I can print and keep? Casey, it's already been done. You should have in your glove compartment in the manual... Along, along with your owner's manual, a maintenance guide that will tell you every about every, for a Tacoma, it should be broken down as every 5,000 miles, exactly what the factory recommends for maintenance on your vehicle at that particular time. If you don't have that book, stop in at your local dealer and ask them for it. Odds are they will be more than happy to order one and get it for you. Uh, they might charge you a couple, $10, 20 for it. The other way is you can go online and find it online. You're looking for the Toyota factory maintenance schedule and print it right off of there.
0: Now, uh, I believe, if I heard this correctly, that person is doing the maintenance themselves. Yes. Now, uh, th- 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 this is a long shot because a Toyota Tacoma is a good product. You're probably not going to have already problems. you know, problems that would be covered under warranty, but uh, Toyota requires that you have that work done. If you have it done other than a dealership, you should keep your receipts. I'm not sure what you would do if you do it yourself. Uh, What I would suggest, and Rick maybe has a better idea, I would suggest that you keep a little diary and when you do it, put the date and the time. If you bought some oil, get it, uh, give them, show the receipt for the oil, uh, uh, oil filters, the same thing. Uh, but if you keep a, a running diary of the maintenance you did, uh, it would be some form of proof. Unlikely that they would give you a problem with that, but... Uh, Certainly, if you go to an independent uh, repair or maintenance place, uh, you get receipts there. All they require is the maintenance be done. And you have to have some kind of—if they say, well, so you couldn't have possibly uh, been doing the maintenance because uh, th- this particular failure could only occur if you didn't change your oil. You have to have a counter argument to that.
3: Exactly. Uh, saving the receipts, awesome. I definitely uh, uh, do that idea Uh, because I actually did have a customer that came in one time and we pulled the oil filter off of their car the car had like 35,000 miles the number on the filter was the only way you get that number is when they come from the factory the filters that Toyota will sell you or anyone else would sell you has a different part number on it so I knew it was the factory original filter this customer said they'd had their neighbor, they'd been paying a neighbor to do all their maintenance. The guy never changed the oil once on this car and the engine was full of sludge, locked up and destroyed. Wow! So make sure if you're gonna have someone do it, find someone that you definitely trust that's gonna do it right, save your receipts. And if you're doing it yourself, like Earl says, save your receipts along with a list of exactly what maintenance you yeah. did. Right. and that way you've got a paper trail to fall back on that
1: paper trail is very important and saving your receipts is always a good idea we are going to have to get to our mystery shopping report we're running out of time uh i want to let everyone know that uh agent lightning walked us through uh the uh, chatham parkway toyota uh she recently was in savannah georgia and uh i'll tell you what uh Agent Lightning is uh, irreplaceable. She is just amazing, and the encounters that uh, she has had through the years is also amazing. So uh, please vote this morning on the Mystery Shopping Report, seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Now back to the recovering car dealer.
0: Okay, here's the report, and as Nancy just said, this was in Georgia, and uh we, uh, we love it when we can compare other markets. We, we found the Pennsylvania market, for, for example, to be a, a lot low-key, a lot more honest, a lot more transparent, and uh, uh, even Tennessee. So we know South Florida is the worst of the worst of the worst, so we're comparing apples and oranges all the time, so good to get out of state. Uh, here's a report, I'll be speaking in the first person as if I were Agent Lightning. I arrived at Chatham Parkway Toyota in Savannah, Georgia, and was greeted by a friendly customer service lady who asked if I was looking for a particular salesperson. I replied, no, this is my first time here. And she called out to a salesman named Chevy. I find that kind of humorous, a salesperson named Chevy in a Toyota dealership, Uh, but he gets a lot of kidding for that, and asked if if he was available. Chevy came over to shake my hand. Uh, politely asked me if I wanted a refreshment, while well, I found someone to help me. As I looked around the dealership, I couldn't help but notice that all the sales managers behind the glass office were wearing bright red suit coats, sport jackets, I guess you could call them. Isn't that interesting? They had a soda fountain machine, coffee, and snacks, and that was a nice touch. A few minutes later, a salesman named Thaddeus Hines uh, introduced himself and asked what brought me in. Interesting names. I just uh, Names interest me. Chevy and Thaddeus so far. Mm. I saw you have a few hybrid Highlanders in stock, and I'd like to check them out, I said. Uh, we have one available. Now, I, uh, I'll pause here briefly. Uh, the auto manufacturers, that I know Toyota for a fact, being a Toyota dealer, they control the websites of their dealers. And they, unfortunately put on the dealer's website, the car being in inventory when it's not, and I don't know why they do that. I've argued directly with Toyota about that, and they gave me one of these, well, that's just our policy. You know, I love that, don't you? And when someone's doing something wrong, they say, well, that, that's the way we do it. I get a lot of doctors do that a lot, and hospitals do that a lot, but uh, auto manufacturers, I don't like it. Um, If you say a dealer has a car, the car should be on the ground. It shouldn't be on a truck somewhere between the manufacturer and the dealer because customers will come into your dealership and ask to see the car and it's on the truck 200 miles away, if you're lucky. It might still be in the plant. So here, uh, Agent Lightning came in and saw several Highlanders stock and found out, fortunately, they did have one. Okay, back to the shopping report. Let me grab the keys and we could take it for a spin, he said, Thaddeus. Since it was raining outside, Thaddeus offered me an umbrella. Nice touch. You got to love the southern hospitality. When we approached the car, I took note of the window sticker and their addendum, the infamous addendum. The actual MSRP was $44,701. The addendum listed... Love this stuff. Market adjustment. $3,500. Market adjustment. Don't you love it? Nitrogen. <laughs> $250. Oh, Nitrogen. Window tent. Oh, God, they really went all the way on this, too. $495 for window tent. Screen shield. $295. I found out later what that is. Uh, 295 is absurd. And of course, you add all that up, and it spells mother, no? It spells $49,241 instead of $44,701. During a test drive, Thaddeus showed me all the features of the car, including the screen shield on the computer screen <laughs> that they installed for an extra... Uh, uh, now on the... Uh, yeah. Yeah, 295 ex- 295 for a little plastic thing, they put up a... 300
3: bucks uh, for a screen uh, protector right, right. that you can put on yourself.
0: Yeah, right. After we return to the dealership, that is asked for my license and contact information. Can I ask if you own your own home and how long you've lived there, he asked. I inter- interrupted him to say that I didn't want to run my credit up just yet because I wasn't thrilled about the huge market adjustment on the uh, sticker. Most dealerships, if not all in this area, are still doing market adjustments. Thaddeus explained. It's kind of, kind of, you remember when you were a kid and your mother said, why did you jump into the lake with all your clothes on? And and you said, because all the other boys and girls did. And I, I won't tell you what your mother said. When I, You know what your mother said. So Thaddeus says, well, all the other dealers are screwing the customers, so we screw the customers, too. Uh, I also shared that I thought it was a total ripoff to charge $250 for nitru- nitrogen, which is essentially just air in the tires. And I, if if you uh, remember how your high school chemistry, you probably know that air is 78% nitrogen. So they're charging you uh, what was it, uh, $250 to put air in your tires. And uh, yeah, Consumer Reports, by the way, if you're still doubting me. Consumer Reports, Google Consumer Reports Nitrogen in Car Tires. Google that, and you will find that after a one-year study of all make tires, they concluded, Consumer Reports, that nitrogen is worthless. So if they charge you nothing, it's okay. Go to Costco. Costco puts nitrogen in your tires, but they don't charge you for it. So it's worthless, but you don't pay anything for it. So, well, why complain? He said he'd speak to the manager to see uh, what he could do about the additional options. So the game begins, right? Oh, the mean manager uh, is doing this, but I'm on your side. I'll go to the manager, and I'll I'll be your advocate, and I'll fight for you to get a lower price. That's the game. That's the car buying game. And you wonder why the manufacturers want to sell cars directly, like Tesla. Thaddeus excused himself, returned about 10 minutes later with a worksheet, the infamous worksheet. The worksheet is, as you may or may not know, exists because it's not a legal document. So you can you can play games on a worksheet. It's not a legal document. And the in the defense of this of the dealer, if you hire a lawyer, says, well that's not the buyer's order. That's just the worksheet. That's just a negotiation. So we didn't say they had to pay this. This is just a worksheet. So that's the interim thing. The You'll never get a copy, or I won't say never, but rarely get a copy of the real buyer's order because it is a legal document. Uh, if you're lucky, you'll get a copy of the worksheet. I was able to have my manager remove the adjustment completely, he said. He presented me with a worksheet. Now, I've got the worksheet here. This is what a typical worksheet looks like if you're streaming or you're on Facebook or YouTube. You can see this. And... Uh, the uh, MSRP is still forty-four thousand seven hundred one, and the uh, selling price they say is forty-four thousand seven hundred one, but it's not really the selling price. See, and below that they add processed stock fee. That's their name for their hidden fee. I say it's hidden because they're still saying the selling price is forty-four thousand seven hundred one. It's not because this is profit. $869.50. That's added to the 44701 So, why do they call it the selling price? Because they're lying to you. Uh, then they add to the selling price. I mean, you sell the car for the selling price, don't you? No. The Luminar film, another $295. The tint, another $495. The Nitrogen, another $250. Now, he just said his manager was going to take away the increase. The only thing he took away was the market adjustment then he added it back in on the worksheet. Uh, bottom line uh, 869 plus 295 plus 495 plus 250 added to the advertised price uh, 44701. Turn the page. Thaddeus explained that the processing and dock fee which was $860, 950 included the dealer fee. <laughs> Registration and plates. Now, that's just not true. It's just not true. He charged the sales tax on the, whole, on the whole amount. He did not separate it out. And if you look at the worksheet, you can see total sales price, and you can see that the sales tax was added there. So there we are in uh, Chatham, near Savannah, Georgia. And uh, we have to grade this dealership on their relative uh, selling ethics and honesty. I say relative, it's a curve, we call it, because so far we've never found a perfectly honest dealer. So we don't say an A is 100%. We say we grade on the curve. You know, you probably had that in school. If the best grade in the class was 85, then they get an A the worst grade in the class was 65, they get an F. You don't do 100 and then draw the line somewhere arbitrarily like it's 70. So if you've been listening to the show or if you're kind of generally knowledgeable about the show, when you call in the grade, we hope you will fax it in or text it in or uh, don't fax it in, text it in or call it in. Uh, we will read your score, but give us, a, give us a relative grade as to whether you think uh, Chatham Toyota in Savannah, Georgia should be A, B, C, D, or F. Okay.
1: And uh, uh, Jonathan, are you referring to the um, uh, this part of the mystery shopping report? No, there was
6: some text after the report.
1: Oh, the text after the report? Do you have that, Earl?
0: What are we doing? Uh,
1: do you have that report that Please Jonathan no, just mentioned?
6: Oh.
0: I, I don't know. Here. Yeah. Right. Oh. Thaddeus. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Thaddeus explained to the prospect Doctor, yeah, I I read that while I was walking away. I'm sorry, I just uh, didn't read the last two paragraphs. While I was walking away, a salesman ran over and asked if I had any questions. My only question was, "Is this your absolute best price?" He replied that it was, which is that's rare. Usually, they'll say. Shop it around if you could do a better, bring it back, we'll beat it. But he said, no, that's it. Uh, He'd removed the market adjustment, but the other options had already been installed on the vehicle. I said I have to check with my husband uh, before making a decision, and I would get back to him. So that's that's the the rest of the report that I forgot to read. And as I say, please let us have your vote. And uh, do we have any votes?
1: And that's 772-497-6530. Take advantage of that text number and vote on Chatham Parkway Toyota of Savannah, Georgia.
3: And the grades are coming in. Johnny Z. Fradley says, F for Fabulous Ripoff. And he also commented, he said, Lumar Film is window tint. He thought they were double charging. But actually, I think the Lumar Film, they probably also make the screen protector that they put on the radio because they hit 295. And that's what that screen protector was charging as. Ah, uh, let's see. Rocky Blockatiel says D for deceptive. Tim Gilliland, Inuma. What century are we in? Still pushing nitrogen, window tint, and initial market adjustment, and fuzzy math? Get them a D minus. Tom Steckel, my mother told me to give them a D. Just a shade above Napleton. Scott Hunter, F. Fees, fees, fees. Ryan said, Latko, too many fees, F. Mark Ryan, D minus. Frank, we've got, uh, let's see, oh. Enjoyed the comparison of dealerships in Florida being compared to dealership in Georgia. As comparing apples to oranges. Or I guess it would be more appropriate say peaches to oranges. <laughs> Grade D for the dealership. Bob says, F, stay away from this dealer, Nitrogen scam alone earns this grade. Um, for me, I'm going to give them a. a I'm actually going to go with a, a C minus. C-. I'm going to say that they've got everything is like put right in front of you.
0: Yeah, on the curve. Yeah.
3: You, can, you can fight it a little bit. I bet if, if she actually had stayed and fought, they would have taken off the price of at least the nitrogen.
0: Yeah, I've seen and maybe
3: something else.
0: Yeah, I should have fought harder, or longer, but uh, you know, you got to draw the line somewhere.
3: And this one just in from anonymous. Wow, deception at its finest. A big fat F.
0: Okay, Nancy.
1: Okay, um, <clears throat> I'll try to make this short. But uh, you know, uh, here's uh, my opinion, and that's when a dealer uh, decides that uh, this vehicle is in uh, high demand. And uh, they decide to, uh, you know, hike up the price uh, for market adjustment, uh, 5%, 50%, uh, uh, you, you know, whatever it is, whatever they decide, it's wrong. It's very, very wrong. And they didn't do this uh, mystery shopper uh, any – they didn't how – can, how can I put it without being cut off on the air? Anyway, it wasn't anything that uh, it was favorable. They shouldn't have had a market adjustment on there to begin with, and that's the way it is. And this uh, nitrogen and everything else, come on. It's all old school. Time to move forward. We're in the 21st century. We want to make car dealers look a whole lot better than they looked yesterday. For that, Chatham Parkway Toyota, you get an F from me.
0: Okay, I'm going to give them a C minus. I agree with Rick that, uh, that uh, the average dealer was probably just a little bit better, but not much better. Uh, C minus instead of a C. Uh, I, I, I think it would have been a lot more honest to keep the addendum and just say, I'm raising the price of the car X dollars because of supply and demand. When you start putting fees in that aren't fees, and false charges, things that are just not real, then you're getting deceptive. But if you look somebody in the eye and say, I'm going to charge you $2,000 more uh, for this car because I can, because it's high demand, low supply, I might not like it, but I, don't, I, I would still respect the fact that you have the right as a business person to do it. By trying to trick me to think that uh, this fee is legitimate to get the money, I, I'd rather have the addendum. Absolutely, and, and, no, and no excuse. So uh, that's the reason I gave you a C minus.
1: Okay. Folks, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, we enjoy your company absolutely. Saturday in, Saturday out. It never gets old. Stay tuned. Next week at the same time, we'll be right here. Have a fabulous weekend.